Hey, have you ever thought about starting your own podcast? Well, Anchor is a one-stop shop for recording, hosting, and distributing your podcast. And best of all, it's 100% free and ridiculously easy to use. I love it for the simple fact that it brings the sponsors to you. You don't have to search for them, and they distribute it to all the major platforms for you. So if you want to start a podcast and make money doing it, go to anchor.fm slash start. Again, anchor.fm slash S-T-A-R-T to join me and diverse community of podcasters already using Anchor. And that's it. Let's go. Allow me to reintroduce myself. Supreme on the track. What's up, people? And welcome again to the Supreme Decisions Legal Minute podcast. We don't have to worry about our sponsors because we've already taken care of it. And today we are going to discuss Stand Your Ground. Now, I did a podcast a couple weeks ago which spoke about feelings do not dictate law. Well, this is one of the things where when you're understanding the structure of most Stand Your Ground statutes, it is the exact thing because what you think, feel, or believe offers you a justification for taking the life of another person. And one of the worst places for this is Florida. Now, I'm going to read into the Stand Your Ground statute in Florida, but it's going to be paraphrased. It's not going to be word for word. A person is justified in the use of deadly force if they believe they are in danger of bodily harm. And also, in Florida, the person who stalks the altercation, they are also covered by stand your ground. Which means, if I walk up to you and push you, and you then push me back, I now, because I feel you can beat my ass, have the stand your ground law on my side to pull out a gun and take your life. This is why so many people are upset with how the structure of stand your ground is written. Now, this is also one of the things that I illustrated because we still have issues with police officers using a form of stand your ground such as the video that I posted on YouTube where the Las Vegas police officers behaving badly and the first thing the lieutenant says when he gets out of his truck is I'm in fear for my life the reason he yells this he wants to make sure there are other people that hear that so when he takes the life of another person he is justified in doing so. Now, the thing that got me, this is the lieutenant of the Las Vegas Police Department. He is training others to behave in this exact same cowardice manner. Because one of the things that I, I hate whenever I'm looking at these things is the fact that 
I feel it's too easy for everybody to get a gun. And when people talk about placing restrictions on people getting guns, it's not restrictions on people that ain't supposed to have them. It's restrictions on people that actually are abiding by their God-given rights. Now, I'm going to start off with, I love Texas. Because it is not only encouraged, you're frowned upon if you don't carry. But when you're talking about stand your ground statute is written in Texas, it does allow for retreat because the greatest part of stand your ground is imminent danger, which means right now I'm on you. You have no choice. I am killing you. Now you can take my life to defend yours because the whole structure of the second amendment is to protect life, liberty, and your property and family. So these are the things that it was written for. And for the most part, Texas has gotten it right. Not 100%, but it is close to right as we're probably going to get. Now, I'm going to go back a little bit. Because there are several cases that are going on and have gone on in Florida. But I'm only going to pick out maybe two. Because they're the ones that's grabbing the headlines. Now, the first one I'm going to talk about is George Zimmerman. He was the aggressor in Florida. He was told several times not to follow and not to engage Trayvon Martin. And because of the Stand Your Ground statute, as it is written, he was allowed to get away with murder. And he was the aggressor. Now, my views on that. If there's somebody following me that I notice and I take, you know, a couple of shortcuts and they take those same shortcuts, we got to have a conversation and I'm probably not going to be very nice about it. And I am going to put my hands on you because in my mind, you're trying to hurt me. So I've got to hurt you first. Now, in Florida, even though he is following me, he is the aggressor on me, if I was to turn around and defend myself, he then has the right to take my life. Now, is that how it should be written? No, because the aggressor should not have a right of liberty when they are the one instigating the whole situation. That is my opinion. Because again, in Florida, that is not how the statute is written. And a lot of people want to go off and blame the NRA. Oh, they're, they're lobbying for all the guns. Well, guns are doing what they're supposed to do. They are working. But it's up to us to be responsible enough to be caring enough, to be human enough 
to determine that, you know what? You're not bothering me. I'm not bothering you. So, you know, you keep your ass over there. I'm going to stay over here on mine. Now, that does not mean that, you know, we not going to have a disagreement. Because disagreement shouldn't bring out a pistol. Shouldn't have me want to take your life because you don't agree with what I'm saying. But it should allow for us to grow as people. And here is that at the end of the day, this is not what is actually going on with these statutes the way they are currently written. And I constantly say that because the statutes of Stand Your Ground are not horrible statutes. They are just written poorly. And the understanding of them is very poor because just because somebody yells, I'm in fear for my life, does not mean that they are in fear for their life. And I'm, gonna, I'm actually gonna get back on subject in a second. But again, my feeling, if you are a police officer and you are in fear for your life, at any point in doing your job, don't put on a uniform. If you are a police officer, and at any time you are in fear for your life, and you feel your life is more important than those that you serve, don't put on a uniform. Because before you even applied to the police force, being a police officer was dangerous and you knew that. Before you ever went to the academy to get training, being a police officer was dangerous, and you knew that. Every morning you get up and put on that uniform and grab your six non-lethal weapons and your service pistol, you know there's a possibility you will not go home. If you are afraid to do your job properly, don't put on a uniform because the greatest among you shall be service to all. If you are not able to follow through on your promise to God, don't put on a uniform. If you are not able to be great and serve, don't put on a uniform because that uniform is not built for cowards. It's not built for those that are afraid to execute the job that they chose to do because I can't go to McDonald's and the person working fries say, you know what, I can't perform today, and they keep a job. I can't hold somebody at a greater standard at a fast food place than I hold a police officer who made a choice to serve. Now, after that's my little rant for right now. But back to the NRA. A lot of people want to blame the NRA for being lobbyists and making sure that we're keeping a lot of the rights and people are using and exercising their Second Amendment rights. I can't do anything but appreciate that because nobody is fighting harder for us to have and be able to arm ourselves against actual danger. And like I said, here in Texas, a firearm is just as common as socks and shoes here. This is one of the reasons why I love being here. 
Because at the end of the day, Texas is about self-protection and self-reliance. Because when you're talking about the standard ground statute in Florida, it is one of those that encourages vigilante-style behavior. Because again, George Zimmerman, that's vigilante-style behavior because he saw somebody that he didn't know, although Trayvon had lived there for years because his dad, well, his dad had lived there for years and Trayvon had been visiting. And now Trayvon had lived there. So it wasn't the first time he had been there. So I'm going to go and give you this last case. In Clearwater, Florida, on July 19, 2018 at 3.30 p.m. Eastern Time, Marquise McLaughlin was shot and killed after confronting Michael Draker, who was standing and yelling at the mother and her children of Michael Draker, I mean of Marquise McLaughlin. Now, let's stop right there. If I walk out of anywhere and some grown man has taken it upon himself to chastise my wife and my children, you and I got to have a conversation. Because, one, nobody has to answer to another human being, period. You are not in a position of authority over me, definitely not my wife and children. So to me, if you're yelling at my wife and children, you're ready to yell at me. And I'm not a real yeller. I don't do a lot of the back and forth because I'm not going to allow you to talk yourself into something. I'm going to go ahead and give you what you're asking for. And again, yelling at my wife and children, that conversation is going to be short. Michael Draker decided that he, when he was going to the store, he wasn't going to park in one of the 20 parking spaces near the door. He passed over several parking spaces to park directly on the side of Marquise McLaughlin's wife and children to chastise them about parking in a handicapped spot. Now keep in mind, they're in the car. They're in the car. Marquise is inside the store with his son. So generally, that's how, how people do it. That's how I've always done it my entire life. If I'm running in the store to grab something and where I'm at happens to be a handicapped spot, is it legal, quote unquote? For the most part, no. However, if somebody comes up that needs the spot, there's somebody in the car that can move it. Now, I'm bringing that up because 
Michael Drake didn't need the spot. Michael Drake took it upon himself to insert himself into the business of somebody else. So, inserting himself in the business of Marquise McLaughlin and his family, Marquise did what any normal man would do. He did what I exactly expect him to do. He actually wasn't as aggressive as I expected him to be. He showed a hell of a lot more self-control than I would have. Now, what he did, he came out, he walked up on Michael Drake and pushed Michael Drake and then stepped towards his car to check on his wife and kids. While on the ground, Michael Draker shot him multiple times in front of his wife and kids. Now, what killed me about this was the fact that when he was interviewed, when Michael Draker was interviewed about the shooting, the only thing he was hung up on was to stand your ground, stand your ground, stand your ground, stand your ground. Now, the thing that got me was they asked him to describe what happened. Michael Drake said all he did was get out of his car and say, hey, you shouldn't be parked in a handicapped spot. Now, witnesses that was there and past events suggest that was a lie because just one week prior Michael Draker had gotten into an altercation and he had also got hit, somebody put their hands on him let's put it this way about a, a parking spot that one Michael Draker didn't need two Michael Draker didn't own the store three had nothing to do with Michael Draker. But he chose to involve himself in somebody else's business. And this is one of the things that I love about Drake. Because the hardest thing about business is minding your own. Now, the reason why that was important was the fact that they asked Michael Draker to describe it. He said Marquise McLaughlin ran up on him and pushed him down and then began to run towards him when he released the shots. The police officer turned around and said, at no time did Marquise run towards you. He walked. And after he pushed you down, he walked away from you. When you were shooting at him, he was stepping away. And this is where I bring up the fact that Texas got it right. Because what this police officer was saying to him, there was no imminent danger. In essence, there was no reason for you to kill Michael Draker. Oh, excuse me, Marquise McLaughlin. Why is that important? Because Sheriff Bob... Galtieri 
G-U-A-L-T-I-E-R-I stated that the shooting itself was justified. Now keep in mind, Draker initiated the entire incident. Draker was never in imminent danger. Marquise had actually stepped away from him. The police officer actually informed him that Marquise was no longer a threat when he was killed. But the one thing that that got me was the fact that I'm watching, uh, I believe it was Silent Justice or some something like that. And the fact that Michael Draker has this young woman, Lisa Clifton, representing him, who one has never handled a case of this matter. Two, describes herself as the attorney with the most selfies. And three, is apparently a young lady who feels that she has dominion over everybody else. The reason I say this, because you know I don't say things unless I have something to back it up, was attorney Lisa Clifton stated when Marquise came out the store, he shouldn't have pushed him down. He should have walked up to Michael Draker and apologized to Michael Draker. Now, she excused Michael Draker yelling at this young woman. She excused the fact that Michael Draker was yelling at these children. She excused the fact that Michael Draker didn't work at the store. She excused the fact that Michael Draker had nothing to do with Marquise McLaughlin, nor how Marquise had parked. But she feels if he was talking to them, Marquise should apologize to him. This is the entitlement mentality because she actually stated she would have done the exact same thing. Now, this is what makes that law dangerous because it's basically a license to kill. You have permission to take someone's life because you are a coward. Because I can't think of another word. Because if I'm being aggressive towards someone and they defend themselves, that's my fault. If I insert myself in somebody else's business and they start giving me the business, that's my fault. Because at the end of the day, if a life is a precious thing, 
and it's easy for someone to take it. And it's there's no consequences from it. Especially when they are the direct cause of that life being taken. Where are we going as a society? Now, I'm going to give you one little piece of closing information. Late last week, there was a bill that was signed that allowed for those that are mentally ill, known mentally ill, to have the opportunity to purchase a firearm. Now, the reason I bring that up is the fact that if we have a statute that allows for someone's feelings to determine their ability, and then we have someone that lacks the mental capacity to be held responsible with that exact same ability to go out and purchase a firearm. What are we really saying? Because if you're mentally ill and it is known that you are mentally ill, you cannot be held responsible for your actions. But it's okay for you to buy a pistol. And then act on a thought the way you think, feel, or believe. These are the things that need to be corrected. These are the things we need to be aware of and understand that we need to be more accountable for ourselves. We need to be responsible for creating a better us. And one of, one of my little favorite ghetto sayings is, if you knew better, you do better. Right now, you're part of the new better. So it's now time for all of us to do better. That's all I got for today. See you guys next week. The Chicken Colossus.